There's a future where AI is fully integrated with everything from customer onboarding to upgrades, where automated video can power self-service on a mass scale. But what about right now, right this minute? Where does AI fit in? Welcome to the Video Voyager's Edge of AI podcast, powered by Videate. We're exploring where no one has before, the transformative impact of AI and video automation on customer success. In each episode, we talk with industry experts and visionary practitioners to explore real-life stories of innovative AI video applications in the world of SaaS. Together, we're going to find out what we can do with AI and video automation right here, right now. Let's get started. Welcome to this episode of Video Voyager's Edge of AI. I'm your host, Audrey Lecker. Our guest today is Daphne Lopez, the Principal Manager of Customer Success at HubSpot. With over a decade of experience scaling up customer success teams for both scale-ups and Fortune 500 companies, Daphne has accrued a vast amount of knowledge and expertise in the field. In addition to her role at HubSpot, Daphne also heads up a boutique customer success consulting service and hosts the podcast, This Is Growth. Daphne, welcome to the show. Audrey, so good to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on. So I like to start out each episode with a hot take question. And that question is, is AI going to take all of our jobs? Oh my God, that is a hot take question. Is it going to take all of our jobs? I think AI is definitely going to change all of our jobs. Now, is it going to take it away completely? I don't think so. And I think what AI, as far as I've seen and experienced, what AI does really well is serve as a co-pilot and serve as like this external brain that can process a lot of information at a very quick pace. So I think it's going to make us faster doing the things that we are already doing and then allow space for us to be even more creative about how we do our jobs, be more human, connect at a deeper level. So I don't think our jobs are going to go away. Maybe that's not true for every single job out there, but a lot of our jobs are not going to go away. They're going to change. Yeah, that makes total sense. And that seems to be what everybody's kind of been saying, that things are definitely going to change, but that we're still going to have jobs, which is nice to hear. All right, let's talk about AI in the future. So How do you see generative AI for video and text content evolving in the customer success and customer experience space over the next few years? Yeah, that's a really interesting question because I think in the customer success space, in the SaaS space, we've been talking a lot about scaling customer outreach. That means personalizing content that goes directly to customers and helps them achieve an objective or solve a problem, but that's very personal and specific to them. So for example, today, if we think about customer success, what happens in a lot of cases is that a customer success manager will have a series of accounts that they take care of. And every week, every month, depending on how many they have, they're going to go through the customer behavior, their adoption stats, and then they're going to tailor messages to those customers. However, you might be late to send that message, right? When your customer needed you most was like two weeks ago when they're trying to do this very specific thing that they gave up doing in your product and just went into either their old way of doing it or a spreadsheet or doing it manually somewhere else. Now, if you are able to act 
where the customers are and when they need you, you would actually get way more adoption on your product. So I'm excited about the combination of generative AI with general machine learning and artificial intelligence that will help you profile customers in a more specific way. Yeah, me too. Although now I'm having visions of getting a thousand hyper-personalized emails about things that I had no idea that a company knew about me. Yeah, I tell you, it's definitely the problem. Uh, We're already seeing a higher volume of content and lower open rates, click-through rates through emails in general in the industry because of generative AI and because of automation. So I think companies are going to have to crack the right level of engagement before they start spamming their customers to the point that they just ignore the messages. That makes total sense. What are some emerging AI trends that you believe will significantly impact customer experience? I think obviously generative AI is the biggest one right now, maybe because it is in everyone's mind. Then the other thing I think generative AI would do and help is a lot of the time what CSMs, sales reps, marketing people. Right now, a lot of data input on the CRM is manual, especially the relationship stuff. Um, And with the use of generative AI, you can take things like call transcripts and transform those transcripts into CRM notes and they go straight into the CRM. Based on what you had conversations about, you can update properties. So I think like the admin part of the customer experience work would be completely reduced, maybe not 100% reduced, but really drastically reduced, which I think would be very transformational when it comes to headcount, when it comes to the type of work that people do. I mean, I've never met anybody that says they love doing admin work. So I think this is going to be a really, really positive thing. And then I think outside of the world of generative AI, I think for B2B, this idea of profiling customers, not just accounts, but actually users within that account and really understanding what great usage and behavior looks like for this persona in this use case in comparison to other people that look like them and really tailoring their journey through the product based on that information. I think that that's also going to be a big investment that companies are going to make over the next few years. And the people who do that will definitely differentiate themselves and see customers adopting at a higher rate and also, you know, in turn, getting higher retention from those customers. Let's talk about driving business growth. You've spoken about focusing on delivering value to customers as a key to driving business growth. Can you elaborate on your eureka moment in 2011 that you had about delivering value to customers and what led up to it? Yeah. Well, let's rewind time by 12 years. So if we go back to kind of the early days of SaaS, there was this big excitement in the industry about the potential of subscription income. And it was this idea that you no longer just sold something once, you were selling something over and over and over again to customers. And over a specific period of time, not only you're going to make the profit that you would make selling this once, but you actually then multiply that profit year after year. So there's a lot of excitement around that. And obviously on the back of this type of business model, customer success became really important to help customers adopt that product because the other side of the equation was also true. So if a customer was going to stay month after month after month and give you this kind of multiplier revenue, 
they could also leave at any time before you actually have time to make up the money that you invested to acquire that customer, potentially putting you in the red when it comes to the financial investments that you've made. And customer success came in to, let's say, plug this gap and make sure that customers were getting what they needed from the product continuously and then staying longer and longer. And I don't know if it's just with me, but definitely on my experiences, people buy from people they trust, right? And customer success holds this really high trust space with customers when it comes to you know, they've helped them see value. They help them achieve outcomes that are important for their business. They are succeeding with the help of this resource. So whenever this resource comes back to them and says, look, based on where you're going and the things that you've told me, we have this other product that's going to help you. That customer is way more likely to trust that person because they've built trust together. They build results together. And at the time, this idea of growth, like net revenue retention, which today is a gold standard metric for customer success, that just wasn't the case. People really just looked at churn as a key metric of success. So at the time, what I did was I started a program that today it's called like a success qualified lead or a customer success lead. And it's the same idea of a marketing qualified lead is a lead that customer success finds and then sends it to sales. And what you can do is you can start tracking the impact of your customer success team on finding new opportunities. And today we track not just the customer success leads, but the value that they generate, the conversion rate of those leads. And what we see is that the conversion rate and the average selling price of success qualified leads are much higher than the rest of the leads of the business, like marketing qualified leads or product qualified leads or outbound leads. Creating those success qualified leads became something that I became very passionate about and became very vocal about the value that customer success was driving. And for the first time before, like I said, NRR was really a metric of success. I started being able to communicate to the business the value of customer success, the actual tangible impact that the team could make beyond helping customers stay, but actually helping them grow. So since that moment in 2011, I've been a huge advocate for success qualified leads or a type of direct revenue impact measure of customer success. How is customer success finding those leads? What does that look like? So this is very much like a consultative process. So for example, you have a customer that has bought a product from you. Your main goal as a customer success manager is to help customers see their value with the product that they already have, right? So a customer success manager is often not creating a success qualified lead a month one, two, and three, because they're really focused on the onboarding, those initial implementation stages that getting traction. However, once the customer starts success with the product, one of the things that customer success managers do is that they continue with the success plan. So they continue to revisit goals that the customer has and track forward towards achieving those key value indicators for customers. And within those consultative conversations of what are you doing in the future? What are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? How is your business growing? Opportunities come up opportunities to position additional products. And at HubSpot, we have five different products. So you can come in as a marketing customer, but there's opportunity there to expand you into a sales product or a services product. So customer success managers are consistently listening to what is the strategy of the business and how can my business help you achieve that, even if there are products that you're not using today. 
And from the moment of having that strategic conversation, positioning to the customer that this is perhaps a product that they might use. So in the rapidly evolving digital landscape, AI and machine learning are playing a transformative role in decoding and influencing customer behavior. How have you seen AI redefine the strategies companies use to understand their customers and guide them towards their desired outcomes? Yeah, to be honest with you, I would love to see more of that. Unfortunately, the average company that I talk to is still not at that stage where they're using sophisticated machine learning to profile customers based on their behavior. Now, I am very lucky to work for a very future-thinking organization, HubSpot, who is already doing that. And I think a good example that I can give you is customers are really interested in how they're doing, but they are also interested in how they're doing against other customers. That is a really common question that if you get on a call with a customer in a CSM, they're like always asking, you know, how are people like me doing this? And the way the HubSpot has introduced into our product, machine learning to help customers benchmark is through our email tool. So for example, I send my newsletter through HubSpot. So I know what is my open rate, which is great. Knowing your open rate is a really important thing. But I also know how my open rate compares to the open rate of other businesses like me. So they profile me based on my business size, the industry I work in, the region I'm in, the language I'm set up to actually tell me whether my open rate is in par, better, worse than people like me. And that then matches recommendations. So for example, let's say if my open rate wasn't good, if I was doing poor against my cohort, what HubSpot will do is actually tailor recommendations of things that I can do to improve my open rate on my email. And we do that for many aspects of the email tool, like, for example, click-through rates, bounce-backs, unsubscribers. So you can really dive in to everything that makes up a successful email campaign, look at how other people like you are doing, and what are the recommendations based on the behaviors of those other customers that are performing well, what should I be doing then next to improve? And we're doing all of that without a CSM actually needing to talk to the customer about those things. Of course, our customers have CSMs that they can have deeper conversations about it. Email is a simple tool. There are much more complex tools inside HubSpot that you know, customers see value in having more strategic discussions with their CSM. But more and more, we're building that kind of insight into our product. So I think the most advanced companies, the more kind of the companies that are more at the edge of using technology like this are thinking about how you build those insights and those recommendations into the product and meet customers where they are. That is so cool. All right. So actually, you just mentioned your newsletter. In a recent newsletter on your website, you mentioned that generative AI has the potential to transform how customers interact with products. And you did talk about this a little bit in the previous question, but could you expand on this thought? Yeah, absolutely. So I think we live in a world where we are used to interacting with interfaces, right? Like you log into HubSpot. If you want to create a new contact, you create a new contact. If you want to send an email, you're going to go to the email tool, create a new email, new templates, etc. So we're used to working in a world of interfaces. But what generative AI can do, it's actually completely eliminate interfaces and create a one 
only view of every product that you have and you can have conversations with those products. So imagine if you could come into HubSpot, but what you see is a chat and you go there and you say, hey, HubSpot, I need to send an email to my newsletter subscribers and I want it to be about how AI is transforming customer success. And immediately, instead of you having to do a bunch of different clicks, the AI creates the first template for you and then brings it up for you. You start editing that. You can make get suggestions for how to make the content better using generative AI, all of it without having to necessarily navigate the user interface. And I think while this might seem a bit outlandish when it comes to like, you know, not having a user interface to your product anymore, I don't know if we're going to get there. However, I think what is going to if companies adopt this and add more and more of those gen AI possibilities into their product, they're creating huge shortcuts to adoption. And what I mean by that is how much time do we all spend trying to figure out how you do this thing in this product? When you buy something new, you go in and you're like, where is this feature? And you're trying to figure it out, you're Googling it, you're going into their knowledge base, you're maybe watching a video. If you could just chat to the product, it would really cut down that time drastically. So I think as we become more and more advanced, I think our need to actually learn interfaces will drop. I'm excited about that because to be honest, I use so many tools to do my job every day and I want to use the most powerful tools. However, every time I need to learn something new somewhere, it's time that I spend doing the thing that I want to do. So if I could have more and more of those chat interfaces, especially when you think about integrations, instead of like clicking into different products, if you can create a workflow that includes, let's say, HubSpot and Workado, and already creates those workflows for you versus you having to go from one product to the other, I think that would be really transformational for customers and for adoption in general. Yeah, that sounds so cool. I was just imagining how I've noticed that some younger generations, because in things like Google Drive, you can just kind of search the file name for what you're looking for. A lot of them don't actually do any sort of like file folder organization or have like architecture or taxonomy in their like file folder structure. They just kind of dump it all into the drive. Whereas my generation had to grow up like we didn't have really a search function. So you got really good at organizing how all of your files were. And that's kind of how we've gotten with user interface and user experience, it seems. And then now I'm imagining there's going to be a whole generation that doesn't know what UI is potentially (laughs) or like what a really good UI would be. Yeah. And I think that that is like the example that you gave it with files and computers is so good because I have to say that I also grew up like organizing my files really well, but I've started using a lot of Notion and a lot of Google suite products in general for work. And between those two, the search functionality is so powerful that I actually don't care anymore where I put files for exact the reason that you're talking about. If I remember remotely what the document that I created was about, I can find it within seconds. Yeah. Like I think I started out with my Google Drive trying to organize things the way that I used to. And then I've just gotten lazy because I don't need to. Let's talk about how video is emerging as a significant tool for customer self-service. How have you seen companies effectively utilize video and what was the impact on customer success and engagement? 
Yeah, I think video is so important at scale, like really, really important. Text is obviously like the kind of go-to communication method, emails, newsletters, knowledge-based articles. But video is so, so powerful when it comes to helping you get across a message that is potentially quite complex in a very simple way and make it personable. There's always going to be people who prefer different mediums and you know, some people like getting things in newsletters versus like a product update video. I think the key for companies is to really invest on the mediums that work for their customers and really knowing who your customers are, for example. So if you have a customer who is a developer, for example, and I think a good example of a company like that is Stripe, they have an incredible knowledge base and it's really organized and it's everything is text and they have the examples for the codes and troubleshooting, et cetera. That's their audience, right? They're working with developers where writing is a huge part of how they do their job. So that's how they want to consume information. They never want to pick up the phone and talk to somebody. So know your persona to find the medium that reaches them and is most effective for them. But I think that having a combination of written content and video content and really focusing on like What is the message? What's the complexity? Is it better done by video? Is it better done by writing? And yeah, combining the two of them, I think it's the best way to form like your communication strategy. I think you can do video at scale when it comes to making it personable and and building that relationship with the customer. If you have enough information around what their use case is, for example, you could pepper video content that's related to the job to be done of that customer or that persona and pepper that through your scale communication workflow and make people feel like they're special. Like Not that they will think that this was made for them, but it will feel very personal, even though it's done at scale. Yeah, I agree. So moving on to talking a little bit more about customer journey, in the different stages of the customer journey from awareness to retention, where do you see AI and video automation playing the most critical roles? Gosh, everywhere. (laughs) It's so hard to choose one part. I think when it comes to the early stages of the customer journey, that part where you're trying to understand the company, the personas, the problems, the industries. I think there's so much potential there to like cut down the time that it takes to research customers drastically and really get to understand those markets in a much simpler way. So again, content creation, it's like there's so much benefit from AI. One warning sign that I would say is you don't want to create really generic content. So I'd say using AI as an assistant to create content versus it being your only tool, like you're still going to need writers or copywriters, specialists, people that are going to come and add the brand flavor and the expertise into that content. But I think AI can cut down the time of creating that and allowing you to create more content that's better quality. So I think that's going to be super valuable there. And then I think specifically in the onboarding phase of the journey for customer success, a lot of the work is so repetitive in the sense that like, you know, onboarding customers, it's like always kind of the same steps. So I think AI will be super valuable there too. Every time you acquire a certain number of customers, you need to add a certain number of customer success managers who manage those customers. If you can 
create a space where customer success have more bandwidth for more customers because they are able to work faster and more effectively, then the business will see that on the bottom line pretty much straight away. So if you can do that without losing the quality, I think that that's going to be a huge, huge impact for the business. Yeah. What excites you the most about AI right now? Like I was saying, when we first started our conversation, I think the potential of taking away all of the administrative tasks, all of the data crunch that people have to do to get to the insights, like removing all of that and getting straight to the insight and getting straight to the point where you can take action or add value to customers or highlight an important point on something that they have to do, like really cutting down the time from question to answer is something I'm really excited about. And I think anybody that's in customer success or customer experience, they don't follow those careers because they want to be crunching numbers and creating spreadsheets or creating presentations. They do those jobs because they have a passion for the problem that they're trying to solve or for the industry that they're in or consulting. So I think it's like, it's going to free us up to do more of the jobs that we want to do and that we know add the most value and less of the mundane admin type of tasks that we unfortunately end up being drowned in our day-to-days. So that's what's most exciting for me. Yeah, that sounds exciting for me too. (laughs) Where can our listeners find you? Yeah, I am on LinkedIn, Daphne Costa-Lopez. I also have a podcast, This Is Growth, and I also host a newsletter. You can find me on DaphneLopez.com. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us today, Daphne. Thank you, Audrey. This was great. That's all for today's episode of Video Voyager's Edge of AI. And if you'd like to learn how customer success and customer education leaders are using video to scale their support efforts, how AI and automation plays into their day-to-day, and what video technology your competitors are investing in, check out the newly released 2023 State of SaaS Customer Success and Product Training Videos Report. You can download it on our website at video.io. Don't forget to subscribe. Bye. Video Voyager's Edge of AI is powered by Videate, the number one trailblazer in the world of video AI and automation. With Videate, it's fast and easy to create, update, and globalize your video library with every new software release. Learn more on our website at videate.io. Keep up to date with technology's role in shaping the future of customer experience. Search for Video Voyagers on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to stuff. And don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review if you like us, but not if you don't, and stay tuned for more. See you next time.